In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. Closure of the heavenly mysteries to the humble and inarticulate, and not to those considered wise by the world's standards. Jesus delights in the wonderfully counterintuitive way his Father chooses the weak things of the world to humble the wise. His prayer of appreciation quickly turns into a revelation of the unique relationship between God the Father and God the Son. In arguably the most important passage of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus reveals his intimate relationship to the Father. He says no one knows the Father except the Son, and no one knows the Son except the Father. We learn that the Father has given Jesus authority over heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. Everything is under the jurisdiction of the Son. We also learn that the eternally begotten Son is the Father's primary means of disclosing himself to the world. Jesus says that no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The Son is our window into God the Father. In Jesus we witness who God is, was, and will always be. There are two instances in the New Testament where we hear the Father's voice speaking directly from heaven at Jesus' baptism and later at his transfiguration. The Father says almost the exact same thing on both occasions. As Jesus rises from the waters of baptism, the Father proclaims, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The same words are heard at Jesus' transfiguration by Peter, James, and John with the additional command to listen to him. We gather from the Father's brief words of praise that he sees no need to do anything but point to his beloved Son. All the Father desires to say is contained in the Son. As we read through the Old Testament, we continually hear the refrain, and God said. God said in the first verses of Genesis, let there be light. God said to Abraham that he will be the father of many nations. God said to Isaiah that the wolf will lie with the lamb and there will be no violence on my holy hill. The commentator Erasmo Maracacus says that all the God says of the Old Testament have taken on flesh in the person of Christ. He writes that all of Jesus' earthly existence, actions, and words constitute one unceasing and definitive, and God said. At the very moment we discover that Jesus is the revelation of the Father to the world, that he is the enfleshed doctrine of the Father, he says the most comforting words in all of Scripture. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here Jesus speaks in unison with the Father and Holy Spirit, and we witness a God who has a deep desire for union with us and addresses each one of us with the words, Come unto me. Such an invitation couldn't be uttered by anyone but God. Jesus' listeners would have been stunned by his boldness and his claim to bring peace to our discordant souls. Who has such access to our souls but God himself, who can offer such rest? Jesus speaks as one having the full authority of God. Some of his listeners would have recalled the book of Sirach, where personified wisdom calls out, Come to me, all you that need instruction. Put on the yoke and be willing to learn. Jesus' invitation to come and find rest also involves assuming a yoke. For most of us, the idea of being yoked has negative connotations. We think of two mindless animals harnessed to a wooden crossbeam, driven forward against their will. Usually we think of a yoke as something to be cast off and freed from. We hear the desire to cast off the yoke of oppression or the yoke of addiction. St. Paul tells the Galatians not to submit again to the yoke of slavery. Jesus means something different when he uses the term yoke. The first thing to recognize is that Jesus does not say, take a yoke upon you, but take my yoke upon you. He invites us to join him in his yoke and be harnessed next to the Son of God who obediently guides us to the Father. Erasmus says that, If Jesus' yoke is gentle and easy to bear, it's because he carries the weight of our burdens. Jesus, he writes, is not a plowing partner who will be dragging us violently and arbitrarily all over the field. He understands our sorrows and burdens as we strive to please his Father. He understands our shortcomings and weaknesses and stops to rest when we need respite. He compensates for our inabilities and encourages us when we want to go no farther. There's an ancient legend about Jesus' time as a carpenter. The story goes that during the years leading up to his public ministry, Jesus became famous throughout the Galilean region for the fine quality of his ox yokes. They were known to fit perfectly, never causing the patient beast any pain. The yoke was tailor-made to fit the unique musculature of each ox. Similarly, the yoke Christ invites us to bear is measured to fit perfectly. God's task for each one of us rests easy on our shoulders 
not because it's free from hardship, but because it's what we were made to do. The yoke of Christ does not stifle us or unduly burden us. Rather, it allows us to move closer to the Father and serve him more fully. The goal of being yoked to Christ is to become sons and daughters of the Father and mirror Christ's obedience. We as human beings are meant to serve. We are servants at the very core of our beings, and we need to serve something. As Bob Dylan famously wrote, you gotta serve somebody. We are naive to think we can live life unyoked. If we are not yoked to Christ, we are yoked to something else, and anything else will ultimately destroy us. True freedom comes when we put on the yoke of Christ and conform our life to the one through whom and in whom all things were made. It comes when we submit our lives to the source of all life and the one who knit us together in our mother's womb. True freedom is living in in accordance with our maker's design and walking in his way. Being yoked to Christ brings rest to our souls. St. Augustine famously wrote in his Confessions, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. The rest Jesus offers is not the rest found in a life of leisure. In many ways, St. Augustine's life became more difficult after becoming Christian, and the turbulent life of St. Paul and Jesus' disciples shows that we should not expect rest in the straightforward sense. The Christian life is strenuous. The way of Jesus offers rest because his way leads to the fulfillment of our nature, who God intended us to be. Rest comes from being well-yoked to the Son in the service of the Father. Jesus' invitation to assume his yoke is universal and extends to everyone. He has crafted a yoke specifically for you and a task he intends you to carry out, but you must respond to his invitation. And we can all have the total confidence that his yoke leads to healing, joy, and life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.
Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.